Welcome back to Coach Class. This is the podcast with me, Don Birch, where I get to speak to inspirational leaders and coaches from across the globe. And I'm delighted this week to be joined by Jill Orr. Now, Jill is the founder and director at The 82. Jill's enjoyed a successful career over 25 years, including executive management across commercial, operational teams in premium digital publishing, data and media. Uh, and more recently has become an exec coach, helping people grow, helping them perform, but also providing kind but challenging spaces to do so. So, Jill, welcome to Coach Class. Thanks, Dom. It's great to be here. So let's just reverse back a few years. I mean, my, my sort of, um, I have a really strong memory of, of the two of us being in a bar in Cannes during the uh, the big Cannes Lion event. I was probably on my second bottle of rosé by that point. But so, so our sort of professional lives have, have sort of overlapped a little bit over recent years. But let's just go back a little bit further. You know, where, what was your start point into the world of work? Where did where did you start, and how did you end up where you ended up? I always said it was a it was a lucky uh, coincidence that happened to me. But I actually got a green card when I just graduated from university. I was lucky enough to have met somebody who knew how to work the system. And I I one day just filled in a piece of paper and sent it off to some address I was handed. And six months later, I was getting on a plane and heading out to San Francisco to start my career. So um, not planned, but absolutely transformative in terms of my career and ended up living in the Bay Area for five years And my career really started there because I fell into publishing after doing some kind of temp work around the city, fell into publishing and was very early on introduced to the concept of digital media. And uh, I I tell the story that I remember um, trafficking the first ad on the uh, publishing company's website and it was for Netscape, if you can even remember that brand. Gosh, yeah, 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 gosh. and um, I moved quickly into management. Um, I was very, very lucky, worked for a great woman who um, was kind of transformative in determining the digital roadmap for for this. Um, it was a leading kind of B2B tech media company and stayed with her until um, I actually met my husband and then flew back to the UK and, and settled down here in London. So I kind of started in America, which when I reflect back on it, exposed me very early on to um, a very entrepreneurial way, way of working and kind of got exposed to that very well-known and very well-documented American approach that anything is possible and so learned that very early on in my career and it's carried me carried me very well um as I've come back into the UK and and found different opportunities um stayed in digital media uh moved over actually to one of our competitors that had a much better footprint here in the European market and went from the operational side of business to the commercial side which brought with it such a huge revelation for me because I'd kind of sat quite quietly in the back of the of the business and kind of just made things happen. And having to learn how to sell was was a very, very transformative moment for me, realizing that you're only as good as what your customers need. 
and that listening to the customers is one of the most important parts of selling. I was working for Ziff Davis when I first moved back to the UK. At Ziff Davis, they have a well-documented approach towards selling and so was lucky enough to have some quite formal sales structure provided to what was my burgeoning commercial thinking. And I think it's really stood me in good stead for the rest of my career. One of the things you said at the start there about anything is possible and that kind of mindset that you have, particularly in, I guess, the Bay Area where, you know, Silicon Valley and you've got a lot of startups and, you know, just this kind of explorative kind of view of the world. I remember talking to an English guy who ran an agency over there and he said that <laughs> the thing that struck him about talking to folks in San Francisco particularly was that when you met people for the first time, Whereas in England, you'd almost have to go through your credentials. In other words, you'd have to tell your backstory and you'd have to have some proof points about your successes and the things that you'd done and the badges that you'd achieved by that point. In San Francisco, he said it was all about what's your idea? What, what's your view of the future? What, what, what are you planning to do that's exciting? And your kind of backstory was almost taken for granted. It was, it was just an assumed thing that, well, if you're here and you're one of us, then, yeah, you know, you're, you're clearly good at what you do. Is that how you found it? Yeah, I would I would really agree with that. I think there's not much time for tradition per se and that a lot of the growth in America if you specifically look in the media industry a lot of it has been come has come from breaking norms, finding new ways to connect your product with the end customer and I think that kind of culture of experimentation is, is a really, really wonderful environment to have an early step part of your career. I, I think it's also important for me to say that what I found when I came back to Britain in, in kind of in, in opposite to what I'd experienced in the US is the scale was different. Some of the access to decision making was different. But the creativity that I witnessed and experienced throughout my career based in London, I think that's something which is unmatched. So yes, there's a lot more of a um, entrepreneurial and willingness to try anything uh, kind of environment that I witnessed in my career in the US. But I found a real culture of creativity in Europe, which was which was a wonderful thing to experience. And I just want to talk about that break that you had, because I think when people people are always quite humble when they're thinking about their own careers and they kind of go, you know, I was lucky I was in the right place at the right time. Somebody offered me this opportunity, you know, and I got this green card. So you sort of create those opportunities in life, don't you, by not having the blinkers on, by having that sense of why not, you know, if not now, then when. Just talk about that importance, because as you look back on your career, and I guess now you're in a position where you can help others who are at the start point or at a crossroads, what are the things that stand out as being those key decisions that you made, perhaps even naively when you kind of think, well, you know, why not? I always said that that I was lucky. Uh, it was something that I, if I think back to my first 10 years in business, I used to talk about, I got myself into a lucky situation or or I happened to be, you know, walking past that open door at the moment that the door opened. And while there may be an element of that is true, I think having the confidence to think about the potential of the opportunity versus the risk of the opportunity has guided me well the support around me, I I was reflecting on on the fact that we were going to speak today. And I've had um, very, very supportive bosses who who have recognized my potential. And I think that being 
shown where doors are, you still have to get yourself in through the door. So you still have to do the work to to take advantage of opportunities that are put in front of you. And I think what I would, when I think about my career today and some of the conversations I'm having with people who are either in leadership positions or, or developing into leadership positions, it's sometimes you have to slow down so that you see what's going on around you in order for you to make the right leap. But just make the leap because if it doesn't work out for you, then another door will open and you'll just move into a different path than you had before. And feeling comfortable and allowing that to sit with you, I think, is is one of the most powerful things that any developing leader can really get a grasp of, which is, you know, just feel comfortable that you don't know yet where your journey is going to take you. So just slightly sit in the moment and enjoy it and keep your eyes open or or keep your eyes up um, so that you don't miss opportunities as they pass you by. So let's talk a little bit about, I guess, the you keeping your eyes up and, and taking a very different opportunity. So you, you were a chief operating officer for IOTA. As, you know, I remember seeing Instagram pictures of you under those amazing buildings and structures in Singapore, I think. Yeah. <laughs> and so I'm looking at, I want to go there too one day. But, you know, you had this crazy kind of jet set, you know, high level exec, big job, you know, huge teams, lots of pressure. And then you decided to just take a moment and go, is that what I want? What, what what was it that happened at that moment? That What was the catalyst, I guess, for that change? There is a very, very clear moment in it, at my time at IOTA, which actually is not about the company and was very much about myself. Um, a good friend of mine was actually practicing out a psychometric test that he was exploring as part of his coaching business. And he asked me if I would be willing uh, to take part. And I, I, you know, I'm always interested in, in better understanding myself and how I show up for people. And so jumped in with, with both feet. And it was really about emotional intelligence. And I, I, I got my results and I'd done very well in kind of the areas that I expected to do well in. But there was one area where I really was rating below par, and it was self-actualization. And I came very, very quickly to the realization that although I was enjoying my time at the company and working with some incredible people and doing some really important work, I wasn't actually feeling very fulfilled. That sat very poorly with me for about a month in the end, I just went, you know what, I've got to do something about this. If I'm not happy and I'm not feeling fulfilled, then I won't be doing my best work. And so within six months, I'd left the business. You know, I made sure that they were, um, that my work was covered by those who were coming up around me and uh, left, took a little bit of time to think about what was next and made the fairly easy decision that I wanted to continue working with people. I wanted to continue to support people in terms of their path and their future. And the executive coaching seemed like a nice way for me to to achieve those those goals. Once the decision was made, I I searched around, got some good references and, and started my journey. 
and it's it's almost been a year to the day since I since I started this. I mean, I love the symmetry to this because so you're now you know you're fully accredited through the ICF. You've got a postgrad certificate in business and personal coaching, and the organisation that you chose to follow was Barefoot, who have a a really really lovely approach to coaching. And of course, you know, I'm saying this deliberately because yesterday was my first day. So you know, within a calendar year, I'm following quite literally in your your footsteps. I've got my <laughs> trainers on. Maybe maybe I need to go barefoot. What was it about that? course that you enjoyed as you reflect on it you know what what were the things that really stand out for you kim morgan who founded barefoot coaching once told me that she goes out of her way to bring tutors onto the course who have different experiences and different knowledge and i think as a student you gain incredible value from that uh, when you go through the coaching experience because you're able to see the different techniques in action balanced with the breadth of coaching techniques and the amount of different styles that you are taught over the 12-week course. One of my takeaways is that I have so many tools in, in the toolbox which I can kind of draw on to support my clients. I, I, I really feel like I've had a masterclass in terms of, of the learning experience and really now the hard work is for me to convert that learning into, into something that actually shows up for, our, for my clients and, and creates impact for them. I would also say that the people who you learn with bring a huge amount of amusement and laughter into the room. You honestly, in my, in my um, cohort, we had such different personalities, people from such different backgrounds, and probably people that I wouldn't have crossed paths with had I not done the course. And it brought a richness to the learning experience. And you really have to throw yourself in at the deep end because. From the first practical session, you are asked to coach people who you don't really know using tools that you don't really yet understand. And that creates a very trusting environment. And so I've, I've left um, Barefoot with a few lifelong friends and uh, certainly a group of people who I know I can pick up the phone to and ask for their advice and really tap into their unique experience um, to help me if I ever feel I'm stuck. So the, the friendships that you form with the coaches, but also with the fellow students is, is really the lasting legacy to Barefoot and allows the learning space to extend well beyond the end of the course. It, it was a really positive experience. I feel that already having been on, you know, just sort of session one, we've had a, a little introduction session a few weeks ago just to kind of know what was coming. But but the proper introduction session yesterday, four hours that flies by. And it, there were a number of things that struck me. One of them was just giving yourself permission to learn in the way that you want to learn, that you don't have to try and learn in a way that you think you know, oh, I'm going on a college course, I need to have read all of the books that are on the reading list, or I need to reflect in, you know, a very formal way and write notes. You know, there were people on the course yesterday who were illustrators who were going to, you know, draw and annotate their way through the course just to kind of reflect on what, you know, what did they learn? What did they learn about themselves? And you can already see just the life experience. It's like everyone's arrived at the course but they've all taken a slightly different journey, but they're all present. Like they all want to be there. And the bit that was inspiring for me was just being around like-minded people who have a genuine and deep interest in other people. 
And that, that for me is just hugely energizing. Yeah. And the rich tapestry of their experience and the way that they do things. I mean, you're at the beginning of the journey, but you, you will you will see that it will be fuller and more comprehensive, you know, with every session. In order for you to be a coach, you need to be coached. You need to understand the process. And, you know, you're not there yet, Dom. I think you'll start on your next session, but you get thrown in the deep end and you get given one of these people that you've really not known for very long and you're asked to coach them. You know, they will bring to you whatever issue it is that they want to talk about. And it's it's quite revealing. It's, you know, it's obviously done in a confidential manner, but you get to know these people and things that are happening in their lives and their experiences in a way that you wouldn't normally get by just going on to a university course. So it's, it's, it's very revealing in terms of the types of relationships and the potential for learning about different journeys. But also it forces you to take a, a moment to really, really understand who you are and how you're showing up. I think I'm much more confident of who I am and why I'm doing things and the impact that I can make today than I was a year ago. And remember, professionally, I had a coach for on and off for 15 years. So it's not like I haven't spent time talking about the impact that I can make in certain situations. But I think really having to hold the mirror that you're reflecting back in on yourself in the process of learning how to be a coach is, is one of the things that I most value of my time on the barefoot course. I guess it's one of those things that once it's gone, you almost miss it as well, the camaraderie and the, and the, and the coming together in such an intense way, isn't it? You see it sometimes, don't you, on these reality shows when people are thrown together for a period of time and they forge the most amazing connection that actually when you're looking in on that, it's quite envious. One of the things I'm really, really looking forward to is getting to meet 15 people on my course who are a bit like me, but not like me, and just sort of having that camaraderie again. As you look to the future then, what, what, what's your hopes and aspirations? Where, where do you want to take this newfound passion, I guess, of, or at least reignited passion in, in coaching others and, and supporting others? Tell me a little bit about the 82 and why you set it up. When I started the 82, it was based on the idea that coaching and the work that I wanted to do in coaching was to create an environment where everyone could get themselves into a situation where they were following leaders who deserved to be followed. You know, my own personal experience had taught me that there are so many different styles of leadership that all show up in really positive and generative ways. But I'd also observed leaders who, for me at least, didn't really show the qualities and the behaviors that I really wanted to emulate or really wanted to follow. But if you are generous about leaders who maybe aren't realizing their full potential, you generally can hear is that there is still an interest on their part to be good leaders, they just have to do the work. So the 82 really was formed with, under the idea that as long as you were invited into the room, you can really help leaders be the best that they can be, whether they're starting from a, a really solid start or have quite a bit of work to do. So we will continue to explore and do work in that space. The other area that I will 
hopefully spend time working on is helping teams bring together their collective experiences and collective styles and help drive impact and performance in organizations. Although operating in a team environment is more familiar to me, I find the coaching of teams to be really challenging work, but it's incredibly rewarding. And it's a wonderful thing to see transition and change as teams start to build the relationships within the team and outside of the team that can support the work that needs to be done. I'm doing a bunch of work with another coach and developing out our program, looking at kind of high change, complex environments. I myself have really worked in fast-paced environments throughout the whole of my career. So it's an area and a space that feels very familiar for, for, for me. So seeking out work in those areas is, is really going to be part of what the 82 is about. What, what's your, you know, what does Jill all, <laughs> I'm going to do the classic coach thing now, a year from now, <laughs> looking back, you know, what, what, what was it that Jill all did in the, uh, in the 12 months coming out of this pandemic? What I hope for, Dom, is that when we sit down in a year's time, that we'll be talking about things that aren't even on my radar or the company's radar right now. The potential to discover and uncover opportunity when you're running your own business has been one of the delights of the last 12 months for me. And so it would be incorrect of me to to try and anticipate everything that I will learn and all of the experiences that that will shape the business that I'm building. But um, I do know that we will continue to be curious, um, lean into many of the opportunities that are coming our way. And I really, really look forward to catching up on your own journey when we sit down in a year's time too. Brilliant. Well, listen, Jill, I am really looking forward to following your footsteps over the next 12 months. I really, really appreciate you coming on to Coach Class. It's been an absolute pleasure catching up with you. And also, thank you once again for being in the right place at the right time. I hope you enjoy it as much as I have. Thanks, Jill. Bye-bye. 